0: What is up, everybody? This is Doc Jock here on the Fantasy Sports Network. That is Dr. Mitchell Roslin. I am Greg Sussman, feeling in
1: a summer mood today. Doc, what's going on? Well, as you said, it's it's, uh, the last three days. We finally have had spring here. Um, Everybody's been excited. Great, you know, PGA. In the New York area, and, uh, you know, once again, it looks like there's going to be no summer of baseball in Queens. (laughs) That's where we're starting, don't worry. Um, No summer of baseball in Queens, and it was only a week ago that we were talking about the NBA draft, and I don't think that story's been written to its conclusion either. So, let's start with the New York Mets. There's a lot to get into. I know
0: we're in New York, we don't want to be too New York... you apply for the manager's job? I have not sent my resume yet, but I'm working on the resume. Um, And... I know we're in New York, and we don't try to be super New York-centric, but that's where the stories are today. We'll get to the NBA playoffs in a little while. The New York Mets, every year it's the same thing. Like, every year in my life, I feel like it's the same thing. Outside of the year, they went to the World Series twice. But they're great on opening day. The Mets have all of this hope in April. And then the calendar turns to May, and it all goes downhill. And it just goes downhill so significantly. Like I understand a team slumps; I get it. Every team slumps. When the Yankees were completely beaten up and they had lost a couple of games in a row, they crushed Aaron Boone and crushed the Yankees. And you're like,
1: okay, now they're winning in their first place in their division, and all as well. And winning with nondescript players, sure, but I mean, they are. You, you know, the reinforcements will come, no doubt. Uh, winning, which, which kind of makes you almost believe that there are organizational expectations that we can't understand when, we to- when you start out by talking about fantasy.
0: Maybe so. But it's an ebb and flow over the baseball season, as there is for every team. But the Mets ebb and flow, to me, and again, I don't watch every Mets game, admittedly, I watch every Yankee game, I don't watch every Mets game. The Mets ebbs and flows seem so much more dramatic to me, in a way. Well,
1: you know, I think it starts, and I think Saul catches a – lovely human being, so, you know, who's one of the Mets partners. But I think it starts from the top, where they they send a message, and I think it's the wrong message in sports, like, we want to be competitive, but we don't necessarily want to compete with the Yankees. And, you know, I don't think you can be in sports unless you want to be the best. And, you know, they had an active offseason. It's not like they did nothing. But there was a transcendent player, and I don't care how he's playing, who was young, was going to get media attention, was going to make a statement that we are a first-class team in a first-class market, and they didn't even go after Bryce Harper. Instead, they went for Robinson Cano. They basically you know, tried to sell that we were going to be the equivalent of um, I guess, the baseball version of the New England Patriots where the sum was greater than the whole of the parts. And the problem is it starts at the top with an expectation of it's okay, we just want to play competitive baseball games in September. You know, and as long as we play competitive baseball games, our attendance will be okay, sports, sports you know, SNY's ratings will be okay. And I'm going to start with something that's really startling. When I was growing up, and I think I've said this before, New York was a National League Mm town. Okay? Mm -hmm. It was the Steinbrenner Yankees, and people didn't want to go to the Bronx. You know, People were scared to go to the South Bronx. It was the Steinbrenner Yankees that made the Yankees an event. The Sparky Lyle, the Reggie Jacksons, made the Yankees an event. And now you've had, I would guess, two generations that have grown up with that. But... You know, signing somebody like Bryce Harper and sending a statement, the Mets are worth a lot less money than the Yankees, although they're in the same market. They have their own television network that basically prints money, and they're okay being a secondary player. And you wasn't, know, that the, wasn't the point of hiring a Brody Van Wagenen so they weren't the, second, the second-hand player, that they weren't the backup that, singer? That, that, that's, that, that's like, you know, there's a, a statement that's like putting lipstick on a pig. You know, it, 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 it's... it's He's the general manager. If you wanted to go do that, okay, it's it's like hiring the best. It's like hiring John Calipari and saying you don't want to recruit one and duns. That's my analogy to it. Now you you can make an argument about one and duns that you you know you can't win the national, but you hire John Calipari. Essentially, what you're saying is we're hi, we're getting the best college players in the country. You know, I know Duke has changed that, you know, a little bit, but we're not going to do 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 one and duns. Okay, you hire Brody. The idea of Brody is that he can recruit the Bryce Harper because it's more than just money, okay? He can recruit, I'm not a Manny Machado fan, but, but he can recruit the Manny Machados, okay, your, your Sentinel players. That's all, you know, that, that's what getting him in involved in is, is about, but also, what Brodie Van
0: Wagenen was brought here to do, and you're right, was to add this, like, pizzazz to this team. And he made that with the splashy Cano trade, with the, splash, uh, the splashy Cano Edwin Diaz trade. He did that. He did that by signing a Jed Lowry. He did that by some of the other moves that he ultimately made, giving DeGrom the extension, for instance. Throwing Syndergaard's name out in trade rumors, right? Like, that created a buzz around the Mets. His ego and personality created a buzz
1: around the Mets. But... But it's all said and done. It's the Mets. But, it, but, it, but it, that's exactly right. Organizationally, the philosophy, and he's done some other good things. He's brought in some analytics people. Yes, okay, scouting which people we, too. Which we may see the things sprout if, if it doesn't crumble before we can see them sprout. You know, the other thing about the Mets, which is really interesting, is that they've actually been lucky to a certain extent, and you're going to say that's really stri- surprising. <laughs> Jeff McNeil and Peter Alonso who weren't on anybody's top 50 prospects both look like they can be all-stars so they came out of you know the supposedly defunct farm system has actually produced two major league starters that going back 15 months ago no one would have predicted and they look like they're for real so they've actually had certain things come through and they're still abysmal which is really really worrisome
0: what so then the question becomes why are they abysmal and because i think and I, and I think all eyes to, turn immediately toward the manager mickey calloway People were calling for his head all weekend Minnie,
1: long. mickey calloway is kind of like that concession mickey calloway is like the fever that comes with the infection he's a symptom of the problem he's not the problem which doesn't mean that they shouldn't get rid of him those are two separate type of things Mickey Calloway is your compromise choice. You know, we're going to go for the new style manager, but we're not going to go to somebody who has a track record that we're going to pay an awful lot of money to. You know, the, when you show up for camp in Foxborough, Massachusetts, the expectation is Super Bowl or bust. If you play in the Bronx, this year, the Yankees are in first place. Give them all the credit in the world with their injuries. But short of winning a World Series, this year will be at best, you know, a marginal disappointment. Okay? Mm-hmm. The Mets, the criteria is can we play a meaningful game in September? Until you change that culture, people are going to shift to that level. So it starts out with we are better than the Yankees, okay? If you don't believe that you are better, do you want to go to a doctor that doesn't believe he's as good as anybody in the country? Certainly not. Okay? So why would you want to go play for a baseball team that tells you they're the second team in the market?
0: Because maybe the first team in the market doesn't offer me anything. I just want to, I want but then
1: you're going to play like that. Then you're going to play like that. I don't know if that's true. Like, I think, it, it. you know, and this gets down to the strange, the strange question, okay? Anybody can manage a baseball game. I mean, I could put you in the dugout tonight, dress you up like Bobby Valentine in the day, and chances are you can manage. But you probably couldn't manage a baseball team. You manage a baseball game, which is very different than managing a baseball team. And how significant the management manager is and the culture. you got to give Aaron Boone credit. They're not winning with anything that's great on paper. I mean... Who is great on paper? Everybody who's great on paper is on the disabled list. You know, and... Yes and no. I mean, they do, have, they do have some players still, of
0: course. Gary Sanchez and Glaber Torres.
1: Okay. Gary Sanchez last year hit? 197. Okay. <laughs> Glaber Torres hit in the second half of last year? I don't think he was healthy, but nevertheless, he's 22 but, years old. He's only, tw- yeah, 22 years old? Yeah. I mean, you know, the bottom line is everybody comes up. They're ready to play because there's an expectation. There's an expectation in performance in the, the Mets. The expectation is exactly, you know, what you just said. Cespedes is going to step in a hole. I mean, that's the expectation, you know. <laughs> and, and 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 you can't, you know, the surprise was DeGrom didn't re tear his ulnar ligament after they they, they, they they signed him. Sure. I mean, it 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 starts there. And now you ask me what to do at this point in time if I'm Brody wants to listen to my advice, and not that I necessarily know it's going to make the hugest difference, but it makes a statement. We're bringing Joe Girardi in because he's won a World Series, he's been here in New York, and the New York Mets are now going to hire the most qualified person for every single position until we get this right.
0: What if Joe Girardi doesn't want the job tomorrow? What if he wants to start fresh at the beginning of the season?
1: Uh, you know, I, I, I think that that's where your salesmanship comes in. Because this ship, it's going to be a very lonely summer in New York. Hiring somebody from within, okay? Resurrecting Terry Collins from the dead. I don't think any of those things mean anything. I mean, I think Dusty Baker really doesn't move the envelope for me. Mike Sosha? Sosha would be a very, very good choice, but we live in New York, so I'd prefer a New York guy to, 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 to do New York things. I mean, Joe Girardi lives up in Westchester. Mm-hmm. I think he's more likely to take the job. I also think that he has the respect. I also think he's one with young teams. So she's always been a solid, solid, solid manager with California. And he'll get his players to play. Um, but I think the Mets have to make a statement. And I don't necessarily know that that's going to be the be-all or end-all. But you know what? When Bryce Harper... You know, it's one thing if you're sitting with Giancarlo Stanton and you don't want to go after Bryce Harper. It's another thing when you have Cespedes on the disabled list and you need to make a statement. And you know, arguably, there's never going to be, there may not be a 26 year old power hitter that hits the market again like that.
0: I'll and, say that from the Yankee perspective, right? Like, I I feel the same way.
1: Yeah, but you know, you you're, the Yankees, you're looking at Aaron Judge, you're looking at Glyber Torres, you're looking at. You know, a stock that's going up. With the Mets, you're looking at an undervalued asset. The Mets in general, and you've spoken about this as a
0: second little brother type of organization, this whole Robinson Cano thing is fascinating to me this weekend. Right? That Robinson Cano didn't run out of double play because the scoreboard said there was one out. The scoreboard didn't say that. It said there were two outs. A day later, he hits what he deems a foul ball. It wasn't a foul ball. Another double play. He doesn't run it out. He took a ton of heat after the game. And he was told, and he was like, what are you talking about? I I, I thought it was a foul ball. Whatever. It took a ton of heat. Mickey Calloway took a ton of heat for not sitting him down. So today, Mickey Calloway, after Brody Van Wagenen said, Mickey is our manager for now and the foreseeable future. Of course, wouldn't say what the foreseeable future was. He benches Cano because of the media outcry, right? Cano is being benched. And he said it's partly because it's a day off. It's a left hander, whatever. But also, he's got to hustle. He has to run things out. Robinson Cano what was asked about this, of course, today during the media availability before the Mets game. Cano said it was never mentioned to him that he's been on the bench tonight for failing to run, as Mickey Calloway once responded. He seems to be under the impression that it was a prearranged day off. Which, when thinking about it, was obviously a prearranged day off. It's a tough lefty. Patrick Corbin, who he has not had any success on this week this year, You were going to sit him, bench him, fine. And Mickey Calloway chose to say, listen, two birds, one stone, boom. Robinson Cairn didn't go along with that. And now the dysfunction continues with this team every hour. They named a starting pitcher last night, and then four hours ago changed their minds. There is no responsibility or organization in this organization.
1: Well, you know, they brought Riggleman in, to try to teach Mickey Calloway how to manage. manage. Yeah. And I, I would assume that Mickey Calloway, you know, what makes a hot bar? What makes a good leader? You know, a lot of times when somebody loses and they're too friendly, then they're going to bring in a disciplinarian and vice versa. The bottom line is it's very hard to read charisma in very hard to read leadership and determine who's going to do it. But with 18 months here, Mickey Calloway is not the answer. And this is, you know, just another example. Robinson Cano has as much respect for Mickey Calloway as a leader or as much trepidation as, you know, you can pick your analogy. I don't want to say anything negative. And this is a team that is going... Absolutely nowhere that needs a leader, okay I don't think Jim Riggleman's the answer. I think it has to come from outside the organization. I, I hope that that's why Brody didn't fire him today because the natural reaction after you get swept in Florida when he's been on fumes is just to fire him. So I hope the delay is for them to try to get somebody in place so that there's some accountability and then. You know, if I'm sitting in Brody, you know, I'd stop this kumbaya, you know, like Jeff Wilpon is the thing. You know, it's well known, you know, that Jeff Wilpon only has a job because he's Fred's son. You know, he has zero respect of people in baseball within the organization and even people who live in the Greenwich area. I mean, he's not well thought of as, except as a good golfer. Um, why isn't he well thought of? What has he done to be not well thought of? Well, you start out with the whole um, the whole situation with the ticket manager that came down from new England New England um, where where you, you know, basically it, it was a clear-cut case of you know harassment. Um, the employees there don't have great amount of respect for him. You know, I think that he he as you know i think brody and him are great friends okay and, and things like that but you know what it, 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 brody needs to make a stand say i was the best player agent in the world i expect to be the best player you know general manager in the world i don't want to be second class i want the budget untied when we get up to the level of the yankees okay then we'll worry about it the mets sports the sny is worth enough and the value of the mets would go up precipitously to take a risk on doing so it should not be run as a business that needs to break even and the madoffs have nothing to do with it it has to do with the fact that they want to run a responsible their primary business is real estate and the mets and they want to run that for a net operating profit or a minimal loss rather than run it to maximize value just like every other team, that's smart doing, especially as team values keep on appreciating up. Look at how much Steve Ballmer played for the Clippers
0: two point one or three billion,
1: and now he's he's now is yeah. he's in the black. Absolutely, okay? because let's face it, the Clippers are no longer a laughing I mean, stock. A laughing stock, and they're no longer considered a secondary ass uh, a secondary. That's
0: not true. No matter what, they'll be a secondary asset to the
1: Lakers. Maybe, you know, but 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 not financially hugely. I mean, sure. Okay, they're not. You know what? But they've improved their asset by the perspective. Steve Ballmer does not say we're a secondary asset. No, of course not. Okay. So why are the Mets? Neither do the neither do the Nets for that matter, because the Nets don't believe they are. Right. They're not being run like they are. You know, the Nets believe that they're going to be an attractive place to, to be. Free agency. Yep. I mean, honestly, the. The Nets are the, you you, you know, besides the Yankees, the Nets are the least dysfunctional franchise in New York. Very much so. Although, you know, everybody likes to kill the Madison Square Garden on a regular basis. Yes. But, you know, and and, and the next Dolan eruption could could happen right now as I'm speaking. But, you know, hiring John Davidson was a good hire. Yeah. And, you know, everything that you're hearing from around the league, which takes us into the next thing, you know, about the triumphant of Scott Perry, you know, Fizz Fiz DL. and Steve Mills. Steve Mills, Greg Robinson. It seems like people like these guys around the league right now. We'll see in this offseason. And we'll see if there's some merit to the fact that Zion may strong on people. Um, I don't know. Uh, I, I, I don't know when it comes to the Knicks about if people love those guys. Like Steve Mills. Well, he's a little bit of an also-ran. That's the problem. That's the problem. But, but Scott Perry, respected, respected, and, and let's see what happens now. You, you, you know, I, I think we all went crazy at the Porzingis thing, but right now, sitting where they're sitting, with the odds where they are at, right. I think all of us now say, you know what, it's given us hope. I mean, would you, how much hope would you have if you were sitting with Porzingis and R.J. Barrett and no salary? Not nearly as much as I have hope now. Especially as Draymond Green seems to be pushing. He seems to be... Draymond Green, I think... Pushing at that door. I, I think he, he hired, like, the Santini brothers to move all of Kevin Durant's stuff to New York. He, Kevin Durant... Uh, Draymond Green is, and the Warriors right now really are playing like they want... Do not want Kevin Durant back next year? It, do you think Kevin Durant plays another game with the Warriors? No. No. I think that I've never seen... You know, I got this series completely wrong. That's what I was about okay? to say. I got this series completely wrong. I mean, I, I was feeling good when Portland was up 18 the first time. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I mean, and I said I thought that they weren't going to win game one, but I thought they right. were going to win game two. Yes. So, I, I mean, it, if they get swept, it looks like one of the dumbest predictions, but when they were up 18 on the road, Felt it, looked, good. it looked pretty good for about one and a half minutes, okay? But But I have never been... The hugest Draymond Green fan. But he has been absolutely incredible. First of all, he looks like he's lost weight. I've never seen him absolutely. run. Absolutely. I've never seen him run faster. He's always been a good passer, but the tempo that he's playing at, I mean, he was be great in these playoffs to begin with with Durant. But since Durant's gone up, he's become like the Energizer Bunny. You know, Curry's doing what Curry does. Clay Thompson is doing what Klay Thompson does. But Draymond Green has taken it to a level that's just absolutely in, in, incredible. And I've talked about this on a lot of shows, is that he's lost weight, as you mentioned, and he's
0: also very clearly, and he actually spoke about it after game three, his head is so much straighter than it was previously, right? He doesn't bitch after every foul call anymore. He doesn't. He's funny. He's funny. He's he plays. He plays really hard. He plays it right. There was a great play. Defensive there player. was an amazing defensive player. There was a time where CJ McCollum gave him a hard foul in game two. A hard foul that old Draymond would have got up, got in his face, got teed up, talked all the smack because he's a huge smack talker. Instead, and he fouled him hard, and CJ McCollum reasonably, immediately raised his hand. McCollum walked up, picked him right up, had him on the butt, moved on. I was like, whoa, who is this Draymond Green? And it's changed the series. He, he is out to prove that this team did not need Kevin Durant. Absolutely. Does not
1: need Kevin Durant. Absolutely. It, it, it's, it's, I've never seen anybody so motivated Correct. like this and, and actually pulling it off. And, and, and arguably, this is the greatest player in, in, in the world. According to a you know, if you ask anybody who is the best basketball player in the world, You know, I think the you you know again the smart people take a step back and still say LeBron, Mm -hmm. okay, and realize that you're just looking at Mm -hmm. a very small sample and influenced by the latest. The second choice would be would be Kevin Durant unanimously.
0: I don't think it'd be unanimously. I think you ask random people, you're gonna get after LeBron James. I think you're gonna get Kevin Durant and Steph Curry both.
1: I think it's what you'll get. I, you know, I think that again, Steph Curry, I think has been underrated because of Kevin Durant. I think it's clear, right? Yeah. I think it's clear that I mean, the
0: offense and his game entirely changes. Well,
1: he's been a transcendent player. Yes, you know, he changed the game he, basketball. He, 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 keep, he clearly has changed, the, and it's not just the shooting; it's the ball handling and the release mm-hmm. that allows him to shoot shoot that way. And it, it's just you know, it, it, it's just absolutely startling. But 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 Draymond Green's kind of like driven. Kevin Durant out the door, you know. So it really comes down to, I think, the Clippers and, and and the Knicks. And you know, what I think is the interesting story that people haven't really picked up is human behavior speaks. Zion Williamson hasn't signed a sneaker contract with Correct. tons of tons of things out there. Okay, clearly he's being advised, but he hasn't signed with an agent.
0: Mm-hmm. The agent uh, thing doesn't matter anymore because of the new rules. New yes. rule,
1: new rule. But he hasn't. So that means he could leverage and say, I'm going back to Duke within right. 10 days of the NBA draft. Correct. Now, why wouldn't he sign a sneaker contract? I mean, one, one reason may be that the sneaker companies were waiting to see where he wound up, but I doubt that because he's so powerful. It's, it's, it's all about leverage. It's all about leverage. So does he play leverage? No. I don't think he does.
0: You think I think, I think he's going to go, Orleans, yeah.
1: go to New Orleans quiet. Mm-hmm. I, I think there's something there. I okay. think there's something there because I think, why wouldn't he have signed the sneaker contract now? But if New Orleans calls his bluff, does he go back to school? Probably. No way. He, but New Orleans is not going to call his bluff. Why wouldn't they? Because they can't afford to get nothing for him. They're not going to cause his bluff, and they're not going to want somebody there who doesn't want to play.
0: I don't know. I I don't know.
1: I I I call his. Bluff. They didn't call Anthony. You know, they they sat Anthony Davis down so they wouldn't lose his market. Well, they, value. they didn't set him down. They I mean, they wouldn't let them set him down. You, you 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 know. But, that,
0: but that's a little bit different, right? Because in a year from now, Anthony Davis can choose to go sign wherever he wants. Zion Williamson does not have that ability for the next four years. So if he wants to sit out for the next four years, no.
1: he, he 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 just has to. He just says I'm going back to Duke and shuts it down anytime he wants. Sure, but is he? Or he, he signs his sneaker contract. That I mean, that, that he could he do. He signs that. his sneaker contract and he does exactly what the, the kid from New Balance does. Exactly. There was one kid who played for New Balance. I'm, I'm blanking his name. They say he's a first or second round. Oh, player. you're
0: saying you're saying goes back to college, signs a sneaker contract, and doesn't play. Yeah,
1: yeah, could do that. He could he could very very easily do that. I got to tell you, I don't think New... It depends on how vociferous he wants to be. If he wants to be vociferous, I don't think New Orleans calls his bluff. It's a great word, by the way. We
0: mentioned Kevin Durant, and you mentioned how L.A. and New York seem like the logical destinations for him. And I've been on record saying Durant to New York, Kawhi to L.A. And I think Kawhi Leonard has significantly increased his value throughout this postseason. He rested all year, no back-to-backs, the whole deal. And I think... As a community, we've underrated Kawhi Leonard for all those years in San Antonio, not understanding how good of an offensive player he could be. In a double overtime game last night for the Raptors, it was Kawhi and nobody else. Nobody else. This entire postseason, if you look at it, it's been Kawhi and nobody else. Everything is on his back, and he earned whatever contract he's going to get, probably from the Los Angeles Clippers, where he wants to play. What you, Have you seen and what do you think of what Kawhi has done this postseason Now those Raptors are down 2-1 in their series? Well-
1: Kawhi Leonard is, is, you know, again, I, I think that when he got his ankle rolled, there were strong arguments that he was perhaps the best all-around player in basketball. I mean, the Spurs could have potentially played until that happened. I still don't understand what happened last year. You know, it is really, you know, what injury did he have, Okay. It, it's really, really a strange, strange thing. What happened between Popovich, him? I don't believe he was as injured. You know, you talk about leverage. As injured, something set him off. And he's a little bit of probably a interesting or different type. I think he's very, very cerebral and and very much... You know, wired a little bit different than the average NBA superstar. And I think that anybody who thinks they know what he's going to do may be mistaken. You know, so I don't think, you know, these insiders, you know, the Chris Broussard's, the Steve Smith, Steven Smith's, the people who have befriended these players have any insight into Kawhi. So we have no idea if he wants to go back to Toronto. I mean, Los Angeles seems the most logical. You know, I've always said that it's funny. He spent the year when he was hurt, not in Los Angeles. He spent the year here in New York. He was being taken care of by Jonathan Gershon at Mount Sinai. So I have no idea. You know, he is the perfect player for the Nets, by the way. Very much so. Okay. Perfect fit for the Nets. Absolutely perfect player for the Nets. So how how do you, you you know, there are certain things you can predict, like what Kyle, you know, Kyler Murray is, is thinking. You, you can look at Zion Williamson and say, well, especially now that the draft's over, why hasn't he signed the sneaker contract, you know, unless he's looking at leverage? You know, there's certain things. There's nothing in Kawhi that you can look at to kind of assess what, what, what he's thinking. You know that Durant is gone. You know, I said that at the beginning of the year, that, that he is been very much affected by the fact that Golden State, the, the, the Clyde Frazier, that there should be asterisks next to it. And people criticized Frazier because he was an MVP, but Frazier was basically saying what we've all kind of thought. You know, you added a championship player to a championship team, and you got two championships. I mean, what did Frazier say that was really something that you didn't think, sure. that Greg Sussman didn't think about? Right. So, and, and that's when you and I spoke about, like, if you can win here, you can win anywhere, like Frank Sinatra in New York, New York. So I think that's kind of predictable. Um, I think, again, if he's smart, the Clippers aren't that story. The Clippers aren't a storied NBA franchise. They don't need Santa Claus. You know, I mean, maybe they do in their own state, but Santa Claus is not going to mean as much to the Clippers as he is going to be in New York. So We're going to see a lot of what, what Kevin... Durant's confidence level is right now. Uh, and I, I think when he left OKC, the Golden State, he said, I'm a great basketball player, but I'm not the man. And we're now looking to see three years later if he really wants to be the man. His series currently,
0: Kawhi's anyway, as I said, 2-1, a miraculous performance by him. We, you predict they
1: believe in Milwaukee. sweep. I said five. You said five. I still think we're on track for that. I mean, I, 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 I thought last night watching the game that Milwaukee was going to pull ahead at some point in time. Milwaukee, you know, don't, don't forget last night they got, you, you know, I didn't think they got a, a great whistle. And Giannis had 12 points, you know, 23 rebounds. 23 rebounds, 12 points. But, you, you know, Brogdon's played incredibly well. Brogdon's been fantastic. Inc- incredibly well. And Bledsoe's been awful. George Hill's been very good. Uh, and. When did Brooke Lopez become athletic? Uh, this year. I mean, honestly, forget about shooting the three, which is what everyone's talked about. But he's out guarding. He's making blocks. He's running the court. I mean, his athleticism has increased astronomically. You know, he is, you know, it's hard to say, but he's really good. You know, he's going to make a lot of money this offseason. Mm-hmm. Sure. He's only on a one-year contract. Yes. Contract. If I'm right. I believe you're right. Okay. I don't have a lot of money, but he'll make money. Really? You, you, you don't think he's a more valuable asset than the uh, Sixers? Pl- not not Jimmy Butler. What's his name? Uh, from Tobias Harris. Tobias Harris from, from Dick's Hills. I don't think he's a more valuable asset than Tobias Harris. I think he's a more valuable asset. Than Do you think he'll make more money than Tobias Harris? Well, I mean, there's an age difference and stuff like that, and I think people are going to be scared to max out somebody who's seven. But per year, close. I mean, I think that, you know, he, he, it's hard to max out seven foot people because of their injury risks, you know, much, 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 much higher and, and stuff like that. But I think he's a more valuable asset than Tobias Harris. I think watching that team, I think he's become a more valuable asset than Chris Middleton, who everyone says are the secondary. Who has hurt, who is hurt um, Toronto more, Chris Middleton or? Brooke Lopez. Or, what? Brooke Lopez. Lopez has been rebounding and stuff like that. You know, he's projecting as the modern center. He can guard the rim. He can step outside and hit the three, and he's playing hard. I mean, he's much, much better than he's ever been. Yes. You know, so I, I think he's making himself.
0: We talked earlier, Doc, as we transition away, we, we talked earlier about dysfunction. And, again, not trying to be the New York-based show here. The New York Jets, once again, the epitome of dysfunction. Now, you've seen it a lot after the draft, a organization cleans out their scouts, right? They did their job and they move on and have a, a whole new plan going in. And I get that. No issue. But the New York Jets hired a head coach that was run out of Miami because nobody liked them. Run out. The only person that seems to like this guy was always Peyton Manning, who was in every owner and general manager's ear, hire my guy. So the Jets hired Adam Gase and Mike McCagney was still the general manager and Mike McCagney went nuts in free agency. Right, signed CJ Mosley, signed Le'Veon Bell, never signed a center, but he did his thing. Draft comes and goes, and he hasn't had much success in the middle rounds of the draft. But the first round gets the guy he should probably in Quinn Williams.
1: A lot of people say that he, he argue that he got the best player in the last three years. Three years. That's right, and then. Right after the draft, it comes out.
0: Michael Lombardi. A- That's right. Michael Lombardi, former uh, Patriot. Bill Belichick's good friend, Michael Lombardi. Let's call it what it is. Former general manager of the Browns. There's this function between Mike McCagnon and Adam Gaze. And after Lombardi leaks that, all the beat reporters around the Jets say, yeah, we've heard that. Yeah, that sounds about right. That's kind of an open secret. There's tension with a guy that you hired three months ago. Now, of course, it later becomes clear, McKagan didn't hire anybody. Christopher Johnson, the Jets' owner, hired Adam Gaze. And then out of nowhere last week, the Jets then fire Mike McCagden and promote Adam Gaze to the interim GM, a role he's never had before. He then immediately trades away Darren Lee. They sign somebody today. And Adam Gaze, who has not coached a single game for the Jets, what was just run out of town in a division rival, now has ultimate control outside
1: of the owner. You left out, they threw Le'Veon Bell underneath Oh, us. that's right. I apologize. You, you, you know, I apologize. I mean, You're right. You, you know, you, know it's, it's, you, you, you get the most expensive asset that you have. It leaks
0: out that Adam Gaze never wanted Le'Veon Bell. And instead of defending that and denying and denying and denying, they didn't deny a damn
1: thing. No. He, he. you know, again, this is, this may be the, 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 you know, more of, it. so it, it's, it's really, really strange. Number one, the reason to fire him now, which is a stupid reason, is like the college basketball team that fires people, you know, when they know they don't want the coach, but they had like some promising recruits. Yes. You always want to, you know, After the Charlie, he signs a letter the Charlie Weiss, Theory. You know, Charlie Weiss went to Notre Dame and he won with Tyrone Willingham. Yes, players. players. Yes. Okay, And then he screwed up the Notre Dame program. He went to Kansas and there were no players at Kansas, so he never won a game. Right. But but, you know, again, the first year coach at Notre Dame has always like, boy, we got the right guy this time, you know, and 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 gone on winning. So you usually fire people after after your ex-coach had a good recruiting year. So it comes in. So you look pretty good. So I think the first reason they fired him is because you know the Jets most people think are better, you know, next year. Now, now let's peel back the onion and say, are they better? Because there have been some interesting things that I've been reading that say that no team that doesn't draft linemen, you know, that you build from the inside to the outside. And McGagnon never spent any draft capital on internal offensive linemen. And basically, people have said, if with that metric, no one ever wins. And even if you look at a lot of his signings, what I, you know, what I've always realized in football and hockey, which is different than basketball, is in football and hockey, the players whose names you don't know win. Now, hockey, it's a little bit different. You need your stars to score in the playoffs. But the people that you don't know, your second, third, and fourth lines, can't lose and, and and have to win their battles for you to win. And you need a lot of depth. Football, when you look locally at the championships that teams like the Giants like the Giants won, you saw Ahmad the first time they won, Ahmad Bradshaw, Kevin Boss, Justin Tuck, who was a fourth round pick, you saw these guys develop in front of your eyes for that to take place. Same thing you saw with New England. The players that helped them win, obviously Edelman and Brady were there, but a lot of the players that you saw them win, you didn't hear of them the year before, and, and those type of things. So I think, you know, the Jets may have too much sizzle and not enough substance, you know, and that's been the classic problem that they've had. So the real strange thing is, why not have fired them at, you know, when it exactly doesn't ask you time, and it makes absolutely no sense. And now you're stuck with Adam Gase. So you better hope that he is, you know, without the lack of word, the next Bill Belichick, meaning a great football guy who essentially lacks charisma. And, you know, but the players will respond to him. And he doesn't win the press conference because he actually looked like he was on psychotic meds when the Jets introduced him. Like, uh, hey, you know, he really looked like, yeah, exactly. He looked like he, he was hyperthyroid or on, on, on really strong, bad meds. Um, but you know what? You don't win the press conferences. You know, you don't win that. You win by organizing your team and, and the jury's out. Um, I have no idea. The Miami experience is not favorable. I would give him more of a benefit of the doubt if he had time to reflect on the Miami experience. My concern would be when you just get a job after the Miami experience is great that you, don't, you haven't learned from your failures. And I think that's a huge mistake in, that we make in the United States, that we don't give people, you can learn as much from your failures as you from your success, but did he have time to think about that, the time to really come through that process. Or did he just come out of that process saying, I'm right, Steve Ross is wrong, and now I'm going to prove it and do the same exact thing? The way he's handled Le'Veon Bell make me concerned about that. You know, you, you, uh, taking that aside, Le'Veon Bell is is your, your guy now. You know, you, you're going to play him. And, and you know what? Le'Veon Bell is very articulate. He knows that you don't have his back right now. He made a clear statement that he's an independent, you know, Independent contractor for the Jets right now. He's not on their team. That's the Jets. Again. So, who's, so let's go to a few things. Well, what's that, what's the, that? Who's the, besides you, the Yankees, who's Before the you f- do that, before you do that,
0: all this stuff, though, with the Jets and the Mets,
1: it goes away if you win. Always. But the Mets can't win until there's a culture change. And it's not going to be just Brody. It's got to be Brody, you know, with the ability to really change the culture. The Jets. And, 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 and you know, the the, the culture is got to be that we want the best players in the world to be here. Just like the culture is that for, you know, Manchester City, you know, Arsenal, the, the, those teams. Yes, there has to be, you know, an acknowledgement to chemistry and, you know, how the mix goes together. But, you know, the Mets put their team together like, you know, we need to get a second. Well, we really can't afford this, so, you know, we'll take the 36-year-old guy, you know, and almost like the way you're doing a fantasy lineup where you're trying to balance the cost of your team. Mm-hmm. Is there a certain pressure? No. It, it, the Mets' attitude's got to be, until we can get to, you know the, the, you know, the peak, we need the best players in the world. Unfortunately. You're going to wait a long time before there's another Bryce Harper that hits the market. Absolutely. Could not agree more with that. All right, Doc, what do you got for me? As we go, where's everybody going to wind up? Where do you think Anthony Davis winds up? You want to do that? You want to do that already? Okay. Where do I think Anthony Davis winds up? I think Anthony Davis
0: winds up with the Lakers. You do? I do. Kawhi? The Clippers.
1: Kyrie. I think, I want to say that
0: Kyrie, is it crazy you say the Lakers?
1: Yeah, I mean, it'd be (laughs) funny as hell, but it's interesting. So, you know, it's it's strange. I see the Knicks either getting everybody or no one. I either think it all works out for the Knicks or it completely falls apart. And this is, you know, you you see Chris Middleton (laughs) and Tobias Harris or something like that. I think it either, either completely works out and stuff like that. Interesting, no one's mentioned Kemba Walker's name. I think Kemba Walker ends up with the Knicks. I said that's you. I think yeah, he wants I, to be here more than anything in the world. And I think that he, I prefer him to Kyrie. He's not as much of a highlight film, but he plays every night. And I think he is a better player in the last two minutes of a game. Where do you think Kevin Durant ends up? I think Kevin Durant's coming. Oh <laughs> doc I, real, I, I I mean I, I just think at this point in time if the Draymond Green basically has challenged him on national television for him to go anywhere but the biggest market in the world for him to try to pick a compromise like the Clippers who are in the playoffs I just think it's like you know manning out to be perfect per- perfectly thing okay it's like you know, Draymond Green has upped the ante, okay? This is poker. You say you want to be the man, but well, you got an empty building, you know, an empty building to, 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 to fill and a fan base dying to, to see you do it. Now, the better question is, will he be able to pull it off? And that's where we have father for another day. Because, because I'm, not, I'm not convinced as his career goes on, that he's not a better version of Carmelo Anthony, especially as you're watching, as you're watching the way the Warriors are moving the ball. Sure,
0: sure, and I I get that reference too. I get that reference as well. What else you got? You tell me. Where do you see everything going? Well, you um, you, you mentioned the Yankees who were expected to get Giancarlo Stanton back uh, soon enough. He's actually starting a rehab assignment tonight, and Aaron Judge actually played catch today. So it's like whoa. All right, big day in Yankee Land. Uh, can they hold on? Can they survive uh, this onslaught? It looks like they're closing in on doing uh, just that. Nice job there by Aaron Boone, although certainly some questionable bullpen decisions. He's done a nice job, uh, obviously overall.
1: Um, what did you think? Did you watch the PGA Championship this weekend? I did not because it was so beautiful outside, but we got that one right with Brooks Koepka. We got we got it right, right with Brooks Koepka. D- Dustin Johnson, you know, seemed to be, you know if you're making a late, 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 late charge. Yes. And you know, it's interesting, though. I was at a, I, I went to the, our country club in the golf course, and you know, the buzz around the Masters was so much more than the buzz around this, and this was at Bethpage in New York. Now, the Masters is a bigger tournament than the PGA, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But let's face it, Tiger not making the cut killed the weekend. Of course it did the rain. It killed everything. The rains were actually good, but it killed most things, yes. I mean, it, it definitely takes the ooh out of ah, you know? Mm-hmm. It, it, I agree. It, 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 it definitely does. Who's the next manager of the New York Mets besides Greg Sussman? I think it'll be Mike Sosha. You do? I do. you think you agree with me that the reason— They're, they're going
0: to go with an established guy,
1: and I, I, I don't think— an esta- I, where I disagree why with Why do you, you think is going to take that job after leaving California? You think like a— He, four- didn't, he didn't leave LA. He was— he was fired from LA. Yeah,
0: they didn't want him anymore. I mean, his time was up with the Angels, and I think he's always been interested in the Mets. I think he's a, I think putting him in the National League kind of works. I think they need an experienced guy, certainly after Mickey Callaway. And I, I basically think it's going to be Socha who wants to manage again, or Girardi because it fits right. Like he's in New York, he doesn't have to move. His family's here. I think there is some appeal to that, and to be able to try to take back the city in a way. From the Yankees. I think that appeals to Girardi as well. I think it's Joe Girardi or Mike Socha. I really do. And when do
1: you think they do it?
0: The, the other choice is, right, Girardi. Girardi could have had a Nats job. He didn't take it last year. I think Girardi either goes to the Mets or the Cubs if Joe Madden does what well ultimately leave. When do I think they do it? They lose tonight? I, I don't think you could do it. You had this whole press conference. You stomped your feet. I don't think you could do it tonight. I think you have to give him more time now after this. You have to. I don't, but I don't think. And I said what this before, are they
1: thinking by giving them some? Are I they so delusional thinking that this team's going to turn around?
0: No, but I don't think that Girardi or Sosa take a job on May
1: twentieth. They don't. You give them five years, they do.
0: You give them enough money, they'll do anything. They they want. Fi-
1: you give them five years if they want to manage. I mean, they don't want to take it as an interim position. Sure, but you, you give them five five years and tell them that they replace their bringing their staff at the end of one year. I, I, I you know. I don't necessarily see that. You, you think that, for example, Mike McCarthy wouldn't take uh, a football job. You know, usually you bring people in in the interim because you don't want to disrupt the apple cart. Right. I want to disrupt the apple cart. But I think it's,
0: it's, it's you want to start from the beginning. You want to bring in your people. You want to instill your ways
1: and your methods.
0: I think to do it midway through the season, I, I think it's hard.
1: Well, you say this gives you an eight-month evaluation, but you, but you have to give them a long enough period so everybody knows that this is not a tryout for them. It's a tryout for you. But, what, but like, if you're Joe Girardi, why, and, can't, and the, I why just, can't you wait? Well, I think, number one, because the Mets want to salvage the season. I mean, you know, when you actually look at it, the, you, you know, the National League East, no one has taken off in trend. Nope. Nope. You're, you're, I think, six and a half out. Am I right? Uh, I can look it up, yeah. You're six and a half out. And, and, you know, again, the Mets can't afford an empty ballpark this year like last year. They can't afford to have, play insignificant. Six and a half is correct. They can't afford to play insignificant games this summer. It really, I mean, last year they were out of this. You know, I know they finished 77 and 85, which doesn't sound as, as abysmal as, as they were. But after May, I mean, that place was like a Mussolini. You know, unless it was, you know, Noah God bobblehead night. Sure. You know, no one really cared, you know, type of deal. You know, they can't afford to be irrelevant by Memorial Day. No, cannot afford to do that. So, I mean, you know, if somebody wins four games and they lose four games, they could be ten games out by Memorial Day, which is next Monday. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that's, that's the, the real... You know the real substance. What about tonight? Golden State tonight, goes home. Game or four. Portland. Golden State,
0: Portland. I think Golden State's too much for. Them. I think they complete the sweep. I think Portland's. You know demoralized. those ribs. Those they are demoralized because they give them the, their best shot over and over and over again, and they come back within the blink of an eye, a snap of.
1: Although him. I guess Iguodala is not going to play tonight, which is is that confirmed? I don't know, but that's what I heard. He was questionable for tonight. Okay, and would you play him? I mean, especially when you're looking at. Up three, nothing. If there's any question of doubt, would you play him? I, I'd probably sit him.
0: Um, I think if he could play, you play him. I think if he could play, you play him.
1: I mean, I think think you really have to be a little bit conservative here. You know, the the other the other the other aspect is get it over with and rest more. Correct. You have plenty of rest. it would be nine days. if They can finish it tonight.
0: Yeah, nine so he days.
1: So so maybe you're maybe you're right from that standpoint uh, to to do that. But that gives you a chance. You know the interesting thing is the, the tough thing to be is a Steve Kerr. Let's say you sweep this. And let's let's face it. You bring back Durant. You have to bring you back you bring
0: back Durant, you bring back Cousins, don't don't start it.
1: Don't start it. I mean because honestly the pace that Golden State has played at is very very different. I yes. mean I mean I'm going to I'm going to end with the two words I just said Carmelo Anthony. You know which is and, and, and I don't mean this as a knock against Durant at all. Cause he, he's a great rim guard, a great, great player. But the ball does stop when it goes to him as opposed to when he's not in the game. No doubt. He's an amazing player. Both sides,
0: both ends of the court. Carmelo was not. Both ends of the court. Durant's an you know, amazing but Carmelo,
1: player. honestly, a lot of people in basketball said one-on-one, unstoppable yes. offense in his, in, 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 in his time. Oh, yes. Just like they say now about James Harden. Everything. And Kevin Durant. And Kevin Durant. You know, that's why the second question is, you know, when he comes to the Knicks win. I mean, obviously more than 15 games. I mean, that, you don't have to be brilliant to figure that out. But, but do they really go to the promised land with him? I think, as Knicks
0: fans, our answer, hopefully, is yes. With Brooke Lopez? No. <laughs> That's going to do it for us here on Doc Jock. It's been an absolute blast hanging out with you tonight, Doc. Uh, enjoy the show. Check out all of our other shows here on demand. Just search in the YouTube search bar for Doc Jock. He's Mitchell Roslin. I'm Greg Sussman. Have a wonderful night. Enjoy game number four between the Blazers and the Warriors. Can the Blazers
1: hang on? Unless you're going to City Field tonight. No one's <laughs> going to City Field tonight. No one's going. We'll see you next week.